Faced with an uncertain future, many business owners and technology professionals don't have the time needed to invest in their business technology strategies. And as a result, they're afraid of their technology getting outdated and putting their company and customers' information at risk. The digital future is already here, but with all different choices in the marketplace, it's difficult to know which one will be the best fit for you and your strategic vision. Imagine having the peace of mind that your business is backed by the right technology investments that are tailored for your specific needs. Hi, I'm Brian Nichols, and I've helped countless business owners and technology professionals just like you, helping you make informed decisions about what technologies are best to invest in for your business. Voice, bandwidth, cybersecurity, business continuity, juggling all the aspects of business technology is messy. Let me help. Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash help and sign up for a free one-on-one -on -one consultation with yours truly to dig deep into where you see your company heading and how we can align your business technology towards those goals. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com forward slash help to get your simplified business technology started today. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the Liberty Movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Hello, Brian Nichols Show listeners. This is Cock County GOP Chairman and columnist for websites such as Newsmax.com, Townhall.com, Washington Examiner, and others. Kenny Cody. I've appeared on the Brian Nichols Show many times, and it's often to appeal to you libertarians who sometimes fiddle around or are curious to the Republican Party. And again, my perspective from a libertarian perspective on where the Republican Party should go. So my topic that I wanted to do for this little 10-minute snippet on Brian's show today is about populism. Populism has become a very strange term over the last few years. Um, since we saw Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump enter the political arena in 2016, I think we saw both parties sort of shift toward this idea of populism. But really, what is populism? People debate. Is it economic populism to this point that we're talking about the government getting involved in economics? Is populism democratic socialism? Is populism concentrated on an idea? Or can any ideology use it? This is a definition that a lot of people struggle with and a lot of people kind of think is a bad word oftentimes. And for a very, very long time, I did as well. I didn't really think populism was the ideal Republican path forward. I didn't think it was a good tool to use. I didn't think it was a even good word to be mentioned in terms of politics. I think that a lot of the time people identify populism with being saying whatever people can buy into. We should craft policy on behalf of what people want is a majority rule ideology. But I'm really here to tell you today that the, it's not an ideology at all. The term isn't ideological. It isn't connected to any party. It isn't connected to any republicanism. It isn't connected to any liberalism. It isn't connected to any progressivism, communists, whatever, socialism, whatever you want to think. What populism is, is a way to really get people to realize what your policy positions are, how to make them make sense. Most Americans want to be strobe after. 
They want to be strived after, otherwise. They want to make sure that these politicians know what issues they're dealing with. Yes, you may have a particular ideology on taxes. You may have a particular ideology on health care, on guns, or anything else. But there's a lot of people who are one-issue voters. There are a lot of people who deal with a variety of different issues that they want to see politicians attack. But the centric definition of what populism is is the people versus the elite. And whether you want to argue about who the elite is is really up to the ideology that is using it or the person that is using it. But that's really what the central definition seems to be, at least at this point. Okay? The problem is, is what is the elite? And, and this is often kind of crafted after being corporations. This is often crafted after being Wall Street. Or even people in a separate ideology. If you're a Republican, it may be a Democrat. If it's a, you're a socialist, it may be a libertarian. If you're a communist, it may be a capitalist. Okay, there's a lot of different people versus the elite. Or it may, it may be workers. It may be their bosses. If you're talking about socialism or communism, okay, seizing the means of production is an entire ideology based upon the workers against the bosses, the workers against the elite, the uh, the elite class that controls the country. But the way conservatives and libertarians can use this is to create distrust within the government. And sometimes even Democrats and socialists and progressives want to paint that out to be an evil thing. They think if we question our government, um, we're sort of being insurrectionists as they try to paint Republicans and libertarians to last year. But that's not at all true. The problem that progressivism and liberalism oftentimes get wrong is thinking that these problems that a lot of people in are their independents or even Democrats can be solved with government. And the way that libertarians and Republicans can use this and use that question and use that problem that progressive and liber progressives, liberals, and Democrats sort of combat is to use populism to their advantage. Again, we have all sorts of ideologies that we hold true that makes that make us libertarians, that make us conservatives. Okay, the reason that I'm not a traditional Republican or a neoconservative is because I'm an anti-war. I'm an anti-interventionist oftentimes. But the problem is, is not a lot of people may even care about that. Now, I'm glad Donald Trump made that a central issue in his campaign in 2016, you know, being anti-Iraq war, being one of the first Republicans since Ron Paul to come out as an anti-war Republican. I think it's a great thing. But that's not the reason that a lot of Republicans or a lot of independents and a lot of voters were attracted to Donald Trump. It was because he made generic issues and he applied generic issues and generic solutions to people's problems. Right? There, the, the, he did this in a good way, and so did Bernie Sanders. That's the reason that Bernie went from being sort of an outlier senator, sort of an outlier of the, of the Democratic Party, the same way Ron Paul was an outlier with the Republican Party. You saw these two men who were basically looked at as crazy people sitting in a corner ranting and having loud voices, having their voices made fun of and things like that, seemed like crazy people. But the problem is, is now Rand Paul, who is Ron Paul's son, has become a central voice of the Republican Party, and Bernie Sanders has become a central voice of the Democrat Party because of populism, because they have shifted the narrative on their party's direction. They have shifted the narrative on their, their party's pathway to success and how to make sure that the Democratic Party or the Republican Party can apply and solve pe people's actual problems instead of just solving them in D.C. and solving what bureaucrats or what the elite want them to solve. That's the way libertarians and conservatives can really craft policy that makes sense, the craft policy that actually solves things. If we want to be anti-war, we can present it in a way that 
nationalism itself and the Republican Party itself the, to protect individual liberty shouldn't be sending their men and women off to die. We want to talk about guns. We want to make sure each individual can protect themselves. There are all kinds of different ways that we can reveal the evils of government and reveal how government has failed and make it applicable to people's decisions and people's attitudes towards government. That's how libertarians and conservatives can use it. The elite is the government. The elite is the government bureaucrats that sit in Washington, D.C. and craft policies for Appalachians like me. I'm sitting here in cold Cock County, Tennessee today, cold and rainy Cock County. And I guarantee you, not one person from the Biden administration, whether it be a defense department, whether it be agriculture, whether it be the president's cabinet itself, has been traveled to Cock County, Tennessee and seen the problems that we go through, seen our economic positions or seen things that we deal with. Not one person from the Biden administration has came here. So how, if, if that's the truth, how do I expect them to solve the problems that are essential to me? How, do, how does his positions or even Donald Trump's that positions appeal to me without them addressing solutions and them addressing issues that we all deal with. The reason that Republicans and Democrats are oftentimes looked at as the elite themselves is because they don't know really how to talk to people on a basic level. Not everybody is an idea a writes for the Mises Institute, the Mises Institute. Not everybody writes for Newsmax.com. Not everybody writes. Not everybody even reads. Nobody even looks at media or anything anymore. They, read, they may watch an occasional cable news show every now and then or listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, but they aren't going on there and looking and watching Thomas Sowell or they aren't going on there and listening to Noam Chomsky. They're, they're, just, they're just normal people. They care about politics, but they care about it at a local level. They may, they may care about who their mayor is, but they may not care about who the president is. So how do we appeal to those people? They don't read that, that much policy. They don't really care about that much policy, and I don't really blame them. It gets very annoying, and it gets very uh, classist. It gets very over their heads. I'm not saying people are of a, lower, of a lower education level because they don't care about politics. I don't care about certain sports. I don't care about certain topics. I don't even care about certain policy positions that much. But we have to be able to appeal people who don't care. We have to be able to appeal to people that don't want to be talked over their heads. Okay, if somebody that graduated from high school that went straight into the workforce has a question about economic policy, we shouldn't overlook them and try to talk over their heads to confuse them to not ask the question again. And that's what a lot of politicians do, unfortunately. A lot of politicians talk over people's heads, use big words. And I have this mistake as well. I think a lot of us that are in politics make this mistake all the time. Where we talk over people's heads, we think we're smarter than somebody we're talking to. And that is the exact opposite of what populism is. And what populism is is being to the, co the common denominator. And the common denominator isn't people of a lower education class. The common denominator is people of a high educated class. It is just the average American. It is the average person. I'll be quite honest with you, the average American does not care about politics. And that's something that we need to realize. The average American cares about what affects their wallet, their children, and the people around them. Their friends, their family, their jobs. That's what they care about. They don't necessarily care about who the presidential nominee for the Democratic, Republican, Libertarian, or Green Party is going to be. They don't care. They just care how policies, they just care how local government is going to affect their livelihoods. They don't care about some monument. They don't care about something getting torn down. They don't really care about our livelihoods getting torn down. Now, we may think a central problem is the opposition, but the central problem is within our own ideology. We need to figure out how to appeal to people, and populism is that way. We don't talk over people's heads. We look at the people's questions. We look at the issues and the problems that they are having, and we answer them with making the elite the government, making the corporations the elite. 
making sure that we can provide policies that are small governmental solutions. We don't try to appeal to the masses by just saying something generic, but we do address generic problems to come up with specific solutions and make people realize what a danger the U.S. government, the federal government, by uh, tyranny and, and bureaucracy are. We have to keep making this a central issue going forward if we want to win and if we want to treat government down to size. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Megowitz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you've heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty from the Sound Mind Creative Group is a brand new docuseries highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average everyday person harmed by these government mandates. Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docuseries one more time. That's briannicholsshow.com forward slash follow the science.